Broadcasting from everywhere and nowhere, the Misfit Crew at Southfleet HQ is proud to bring you the Dive Living Podcast. Yeah, welcome back to another episode of the Die Living Podcast. We've got myself, Fish, Aaron, Ben Altines or Fly Altines on Instagram, and the most gun bunny to ever gun bunny, Doug Kesswater. Sup, girls? <laughs> Out in Boulder, Colorado. So why are we in Boulder is probably what you're asking yourself. I asked myself that question, too, when you told us we were coming here. It's Boulder's fucking rad, man. That's why. No, it is rad, man. It's an, an eastern slope cellar no western slope western slope yeah my folks live over on the western slope so like when we decided to come out here i was like hey guys you should definitely go to montrose the san juans are way better and i was like great way to see my parents <laughs> yeah i was like can we stay at your mom's house yes absolutely uh the only Next person time we not come to meet my mom is george why can't george meet your mom because he george shot her in all of her food and he shot her in that, uh, remember when we had the range day in Alliance? <laughs> he wrote Doug's he wrote mom Doug's next mom to that all target. over his target. <laughs> and to then be he fair, missed I think the target. he missed it. He missed the entire the... target. I was yeah. like, my mom was like, what was that nice Mexican boy doing with the target that said your mom? <laughs> <laughs> Practicing hostage rescue. I feel like your mom didn't say that nice Mexican boy. <laughs> she definitely did. She's, uh, she's a wonderful lady. <laughs> <laughs> so next time we come to... Colorado, I guess we'll just do the Western Slope. No, I mean this is great, man. I, the the level of culture that Boulder has, like, which definitely jives with us as kind of like long-haired hippie gunslingers, is definitely right. Western Slope is way more conservative. Uh, well, there's, there's nothing wrong with the conservative side. No, it's but there's just also that less of a. There's less to do. I was so less of a social scene. Yeah, the there. social scene there is very much centered around farming. You got to get a Telluride and Uray to get into like the kind of like more kitschy mountain folk type attitude and that's actually one thing that makes the western slope nice is that like we went out today and we rode bikes and it was a blast right yeah there, there are a lot of people out like oh, i'm yeah. really amazed at how active boulder is like outdoorsy people just doing stuff oh dude everybody's doing stuff all the time man like, when you go to the western slope like there's so many options that people just disappear like you go out on a trailhead and there's like there's a vehicle there and you're like i wonder if i'm going to see anybody when i do this this whole and now you don't see a soul yeah you do you a 10 mile like loop two and days, it's just you nobody's out there you know what i mean yep it's uh it's really cool but it's definitely like it's a different experience um boulder on the other hand is like it's pretty sweet it definitely fits it's us awesome. yeah <laughs> it's, it's definitely on point well, it's cool. You, I mean, we're right here in town, and you can look over and see the mountains that we were riding through or at the end of the street. Oh yeah, man. We had that. So, uh, we we had a great loop today. Um, what trail did we do again? Uh, Batasso Preserve. Pa- Preserve, yeah. Is, Which is, is where we were it riding. was like a really great. I mean, we got everybody out. We got I was gonna say we had the whole company out on mountain bikes. <laughs> Ashley has not ridden a bicycle in like 30 years so <laughs> she's not even she's not even 30 so yeah. she's about to hit brunch <laughs> she was 13 last time she rode a bicycle and she was out on the trail We're like hey here's a full suspension downhill bike uh, and good do luck. this pretty technical single track 
mountain bike trail. <laughs> don't, don't worry. We're, yeah. we're, we're at 8,000 feet. You'll be all right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and at altitude. That so was definitely the kicker. Second wind. The, like every uphill climb, when I got to the top of my heart, I was like, did it explode yet? Did it explode <laughs> yet? All right, I'm still good. No, my only beef with uh, Boulder and Colorado is the gun laws. There's you know, a 15-round mag cap means this is the trip that we can't do any shooting, really. People yeah, couldn't bring gats out here. own anything with that capacity. Yeah, I mean, like a compact pistol's got a 15-round mag, so you could bring that. But AR-wise, I don't have any sub-15-round magazines. We could do some cool long-range shit out here, but I think time-wise restricted us from uh, looking at anything like that. Yeah, definitely. We only had three days out here, so mountain biking, rock climbing, hiking. We've done a pretty good it. job packing everything in. It's yesterday. been good, man. I like that. Like when we got here, Aaron was like, "Hey, let's do like let's do podcasts during the day," and like the whole team was like, "Hey, let's do them at night," which actually yeah. was a kind of a mistake. <laughs> <laughs> That's part of the reason I wanted to do them during the day. Yeah, but we were like, "If there's daylight, we're going to do stuff." And I mean, like we have packed. A lot of stuff. You know what? For yeah. a big group, too, that moves a little more slowly, I think we've done a pretty good job of uh, An amazing job. getting people motivated to, to move out. Yeah, well, everybody's so. pretty easy going. It's like, hey, let's go. And two minutes later, everybody's rolling out the door to go mountain biking or whatever bullshit we're doing that day. I mean, I'm impressed. It's almost like a quick reaction force. I mean, when, when people are like, we're going to wake up at 630 and we're out the door at 7. And I'm like, that's never going to happen. And then we've been pretty close to our time hacks. I slept through my alarm this morning. Brent no, nobody wants to wake up dad, man. <laughs> it's like it's like, hey, uh, is everybody ready to go? Well, we're waiting on Aaron. Uh, did anybody try to wake him up? Like, <laughs> I don't get too many nights of, like super peaceful sleep, so I gotta enjoy it when I can. Right on, man. So I, uh, I, I literally have never had a more enjoyable bike ride than the one we had today. Uh, today was cool. It was awesome. I. It was almost as good as the run I did yesterday with my own personal running coach, Ben Altines. Because <laughs> Ben, like every time we'd go for, like we'd start running downhill and I'd be like watching Ben leave me in his dust, you know, with his like goat Gazelling feet. off. <laughs> and uh, I'm like trying to keep up and he's like, hey man, move your knees to your hands. Smaller steps, higher. To like, be fair, you have terrible running form. Deeper, Doug. faster. Dude, my metrics are great. <laughs> right? Like my metrics are great. That's not fair for you to say at all. Uh, you definitely don't look like the graceful gazelle that Ben Altines is not running like down a, a cliff face. Everybody was like baffled, like, man, how's he so good at this? Like, dude, that's all he does is run <laughs> and ride bikes in the mountains. That's how he's good at this. I try to. So, yeah. go ahead, Aaron. I was going to ask Ben, how did you become like an outdoor photographer? Um,. My photography, my photography started when, uh, you know, being in the military, traveling around the world, and I just wanted to create a visual journal rather than write it all in the book, since I guess technology was changing at the time, and then uh, just kept shooting film and digital photography anywhere and everywhere I could. Cool. And now that's kind of, it's not your full-time job, but you do photography for us and Jaybird and Pro Bars and... Yeah, I do uh, a couple of local companies in uh, in the state of Utah and a couple out of the country and out of the state. But it's growing. Uh, photography business is good. It's Very a hustle. Cool. Yeah. Oh, it's definitely a hustle and a grind for sure, right? It is, but it keeps me outdoors. Luckily, every, every company that I've been working with, um, I either use their product or it motivates me to get out more because... All their products 
involve outdoors, running, cycling, right. which is good when, for me. It's easy when you're repping a product you believe in, right? Yeah, totally. Yeah, makes it way easier. Makes so, me want to go shoot for him. And, and like Ben is a great runner, but he is an excellent photographer. Um, I think every you, one of us has looked prettier than we actually are this weekend, thanks to Ben's. Yeah, check it out though. I want to give props to you, Doug, because all the pictures I'm going through of your employees, everyone's smiling. Am I never smiling? Mm. No, I've, I have pictures <laughs> of you not smiling. But all your employees I've taken of, they're smiling. And they're the reason a great they're time smiling is because they're around Doug. Well, because yeah, Doug's around. He's. I'm a pretty fun guy, goddammit. <laughs> and I'm also grumpy sometimes, so I apologize for that. Not I haven't here. seen you grumpy once here. No. Not in Colorado. It's nope. the it's the clear mountain air. John Denver, he was not full of shit. <laughs> <laughs> John Denver was onto something. Right? <laughs> no, but I think with the photography side, um, I don't know. One of the things that I w- I feel like is maybe the hardest thing to do in photography is action sports, right? Because you know <clears throat> it's one thing to go to a place and be able to like set up all your equipment, you know, wait for your shot, frame your shot, set up lighting, etc. You know, today we're on this ride, and you know, you and Brian are like cruising. We were just always it's on like, the move. We didn't have time right, to set up yeah, a shot. Like, all right, let's go. You know, like, catch this section. And it wasn't, hey, like go back. We got to do that again. Or you right. know, I mean, the pictures I've seen so far have turned out awesome. So, you know, <clears throat> being able to do that in the moment, like not fuck it up, not have to right. do like multiple takes. You know, is that all just from experience or uh, a lot of practice? Yeah, a lot definitely. of practice fucking it you up. Know, photography. Then, everybody <laughs> learns from other photographers, and you see a scene, you see uh, their composition. You're like, okay, I get it. I can even almost tell the settings they used on it. You know, it's action sports, you high shutter speeds, and then you're dealing with light. You have to be able to find a source of light to hit your subject just the right way. Yeah. Well, I mean, photography itself is just a, a study in light, right? It so, is. Yeah. I mean capturing light capturing or, light. or the lack thereof well it's um, a big it's you're capturing that split second in time and so part of what you said was you it was basically your way of storytelling right like right. you're traveling the world you want to keep a journal photo journal and so we we recently put out that they're we're looking for more athletes and so right. we had tons of people like hey i do all this awesome stuff but they didn't make a good video they didn't get good pictures they just were like hey i'm awesome and that's why you should <laughs> sponsor me and we're like hey you can be the most awesome dude on the planet if nobody knows how you're awesome. Then, like, you're not of use as a sponsored have you guys, athlete to a During company, that right? process of reaching out to people be athletes for Softly, have you gotten any people who already have, like, uh, an IG following or already have videos out there? And they um, We have, but we, were, we care less about the Instagram following as, like, hey, if you're doing really cool stuff, are you able to tell that story visually or even writing it right if somebody emailed us like hey i don't really do photos but i will do a badass like essay after this trip or whatever that's that's useful and and if they're in line with what we want to do and in line with our company's values then they probably have a spot on the team you know but the guy that's like hey dude i i leave the house and go into the woods for like 200 days straight and come back out isn't there a tv game just like live off the land You know, but I don't take any pictures. I don't make any videos. Hey, I can't write about it. I just want to say this, man. You don't have a lot to do with that guy. There's an older dude that I was friends with when I was a kid. He was like, he this lived is across. starting real weird. <laughs> <laughs> he lived across the street from me, all right? In the woods. And he was a, he was a really, 
I don't want to speak highly of him because he had plenty of life issues. Like, it's not a dude to model your life after, but he's a guy that, like, when I was a kid, dude, you know, had the baller gold Rolex, all sorts of cool toys, you know, like a nice house on the lake. And he told me, you know, hey, man, all that you do in your life moving forward from here, take pictures of it. Because all this cool stuff that I've done in my life that I never took pictures of, like, I remember it and I can tell stories about it. But there's times where I just, like, want to look at a picture on the wall and remember this really cool thing that I did with right. awesome people. And I think that one cool thing about the fact that we have people in our crew that take great pictures is, like, we can remember all of this stuff for years. It's not just about marketing or selling a product. It's all about like, hey, we we actually live the lifestyle that we're encouraging other people to live and it's fucking awesome. You like, know what I mean? Like, tons of fun. Yeah, it is. Like at what point have we been sad last three days? After Aaron's steak last night, he was pretty sad. <laughs> that was, he, got he, was crying. he was crying, but it was tears of mirth, <laughs> yeah. not tears of sadness. Really, I think Bill was more disappointed. I, I'd set the Bill bar was pretty low. Up angry, like man, I was like, why the fuck would you order a steak from like not a steak place? Do you, yeah. And the best part is that do ben not order I, steak from strip mall restaurants, right? Yeah. <laughs> ben and I loved, and that's false Although, because the best steak I've ever what? eaten was a four dollar steak lunch at and, Sharky's. And Jesus. I'm gonna go back and say one of the best sushi meals I've ever. had had in san diego was in a strip truck mall. stop yeah, strip mall in between planned parenthood and a 7-eleven and you walk in it was like all japanese people i was like why were you yeah. in that area oh you can i was waiting for in, george in to land. salmonella i had like six hours waiting for george to land and uh i was like or i'm sorry bill when yeah. we were going up to george's place to film movement videos and uh it's like well i could either fucking sit in the airport or Dude, my mom used to drive lunch. me around like the the ghetto Hispanic sections of town looking for like the seediest restaurant she could because she was convinced the like shittier the restaurant Dude, looked, the come better here, boy, the we're going to so Vista. We, yeah. just, we just went to lunch a couple weeks ago at uh, uh, Super Mer- so uh, La Superior. Yeah, La Superior, like Supermercado. Far, far North Durham, like a little taco stand in the back of the Mexican supermarket. Yeah, legit. That place is fucking legit, man. It was legit. Even my 15-year-old, who typically hates everything, ate her tacos. Nice. Like, like eagerly. Dude, was there, was a, uh, there was a Mexican grocery store a block away from the gym Bill and I had, and... Same story, right? Like grocery store, but you could also order like three different things from the menu. And we used to go in there and crush like six tacos, a bucket of guacamole, maybe a couple cervezas. Yeah. Fucking awesome food. Man. It's like a dollar for a taco too every day. It's like the uh, Jimmy the Jew, that Instagram post about the elotes guy. I haven't seen that one. Is this a uh, kosher story? I am pretty no, sure, no, no, no. That, I'm pretty sure that Jimmy story. the Jew is not someone we should be endorsing on the Softly I'm podcast. not endorsing it. I'm just saying the elotes thing was funny. He's, he, is the, he is like the the greatest, like most distasteful Instagrammer of all time. Even my wife will be like, holy shit, did you see the Jimmy the Jew <laughs> joke? And I'm like... Yeah, it was bad. <laughs> and also, I can't stop laughing. <laughs> I laughed at it and then felt really shitty. There are a lot of meat bats in every one of his like posts. Yeah. Like, well, look at that. There's another dick. <laughs> yeah, well. That's why it automatically populates to Doug's suggested post. <laughs> <laughs> I noticed this guy posted right? a picture of a schwanz. Well, like, Jericho was sending me way too many, uh, like, hey, like, private messages linked to Jimmy the Jew's instagram account and they were always blocked you know it's always like stop sending me these links that i can't look at and he's like well you gotta follow him so i followed him and i was like 
I feel like I am going to hell. You feel tainted. Even faster than normal. <laughs> yeah. Somehow this bus that was already at like terminal velocity has some found a way to go. Oh even look, we faster. have rocket boosters on this bus. <laughs> <laughs> Hit the button. Right. Well, so Ben, tell me a little bit more about your kit that you shoot with. Because obviously, you know, like getting outside, you want to yeah, keep so, weight down. Uh, I go out and shoot with a buddy, uh, Blake Palmer. He's uh, Final Sketches on uh, the social media. Him and I go out, and we uh, he's my running buddy. I've uh, been friends for quite a few years, and uh, he runs for more Solomon. I run for Ultra Running as ambassadors. And So you guys are competitors, really? Kind of, yeah, but not really. Yeah, yeah. Either way, we don't even care. We just ran uh, the Grand Canyon 50-miler. Did awesome. It was one hell of a race. Beautiful views everywhere you looked. Um, he's a good dude. Uh, we trade off, uh, we set up each other's cameras and, uh, this is how they want the image to look. And, uh, we'll take pictures of each other and help each other out as far as social media when that comes I, along. I haven't seen his stuff. Is his style similar to yours or is it way different? No, we he's actually got his own. both have our own, uh, styles and techniques. It's funny watching each other grow in, in the artist field and photography. You, you create and develop your own style. Like me, I'm more contrasty. Is what yeah. I've been told. Right. I like the deep contrast, like black being black, um, gray, gray. And uh, uh, so we both have our own styles. He edits his own way and I edit my own way. Uh, but overall, uh, we're a good duo when we go out and run, get content and photos. Cool, cool. Yeah, we so, had uh, Mike Turk, another photographer that we work with um, yesterday. There's always a – Mike's photography is way different than your photography. Mm -hmm. Both really high-quality <laughs> photography, but – I was like yeah, seeing the contrast between. I've been following him for a while, actually. Yeah, I love his style. Different guys shoot different styles, which is you know really cool. What have you been shooting with on this trip? Uh, I shoot with the Canon 5DSR. It's a higher megapixel, high clarity uh, camera. And uh, the thing about it, that type of camera, even though people say, "Oh, it must take really good pictures," well, yeah, it does. But it will also show your faults <laughs> in your images right. that much more. Uh, so it comes down to technique. Yeah. Yeah. What kind of are you like a prime lens guy or? Are you oh, I'm all over. Yeah. Uh, everyone performs its own uh, own little style. Of, you got your bokeh. You got your zooms, and you can create both styles of photography with different styles of glass. But everyone has its own perspective. Yeah. And well, ease of use in certain situations. Yeah. If you only could choose like one camera and one lens, what would it be? Oh mm. man! Oh, he's gonna say Sony A7. He's gonna do it. You know you want one. I have <laughs> nothing know, against the Sony. I haven't even used it that a whole lot, dude. The things that Ben does, like when we were talking about cameras, and uh, you know, I know like the interaction. The A7 has basically like a cell phone uh, interactions. Like you can actually see what's in the viewfinder on your cell phone and use it like a remote. And um, for like for Ben running past his camera, like he'll find a great shot set up a camera and like run past it would be awesome for him to be able to stage it and make sure it's how he wants it True, from right. a distance especially focal points that's yes. the hardest ones like i was way off on that one you know like <laughs> samsonite <laughs> sammy swammy <laughs> swami <laughs> i know but i mean like uh so like i wanted a sony a7 we talked we had this talk where i wanted a sony a7 so badly one of my one of my bros in my sf company has one and uh he just sings up and down how great it is and i was about to transition from a canon digital slr to something 
And Brian Heskey, our tech guy, uh, who's also in my company, was like, dude, you do not want that. You want the Sony RX100 because you'll actually be able to put it in your pocket. And to, to Brian's credit, he's right. I did want the digital point it's and true, shoot. It's true, and I used it. Yeah, it's a nice camera, right? It, it works. It yeah. works good. But the A7 is just, for what you do, the, Yeah, it's rad. <laughs> it's compact enough to where I still want. I still have that full frame high megapixel, high clarity images. And you have all the Sony lenses already. Cause you've no, been, I do not. Uh, would you have the 6100, right? Yeah, it'd be, that's those are all crop sensor lenses. Oh, boo. High, higher quality glass. This they, is like... See, Sony did it right. They're not going to let you put their cheap lenses on their really good bodies. Man, that's kind It's kind of like a bikini on a not so good body. It just doesn't yeah. work. So, hey, then if you take one thing from this podcast, the lesson is don't buy a Sony A6100. <laughs> actually, that's actually what Brian told me for, for years. Sony A6000. Like, A6000, yeah. Just don't buy anything that's crop sensor, yeah. right? That's a safe that's bet. That's a safe bet. Yeah. If you can go full frame, you're a lot better off. Yeah. There are some good crop sensors out there. See? Quality's coming. And they're stacking sensors now, too, right? Yes. Like, yeah, that's that's why the RX100 is awesome. It's a small sensor, but it's stacked, right? Yeah. See, Different my understanding layers. of photography is not totally lost. All I know <laughs> is you come out good in some photos. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm old looking. Well, that's, that's why we hired him. He's <laughs> the prettiest guy we could dig up. But that's sad. Just the right amount of salt and pepper. Yeah. Right? Exactly. Old and distinguished. I'm just going to be old soon, so bear with me. I'm going to be fired like two years Clock's when I expire. Ticking, if there's like a Dos Equis guy, you're like the white can that just says beer guy. <laughs> <laughs> I don't always drink pre-workout, but when I do. But yeah. <laughs> Not quite the most interesting man in the world. Right. A pretty like, interesting still guy. Still pretty interesting. <laughs> <laughs> hey, man. Like, I thought that the podcast last night established that we were pretty interesting guys. Very interesting. Very interesting. That was two good stories yeah who knew that tucker max had uh, lived with myself and brian at some point it was like a st stop all engines we said that people were like how did brian and doug meet and they're like uh well through, through tucker, tucker max. max wait what yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we may need to re-record that one we'll have to we'll have yeah, to take a look we'll at the check it out it turned into just like a total jam session telling stories and stuff and like when when we were done we we're like i'm pretty sure that's not a good podcast <laughs> but i'm also pretty sure that we told some classic stories not not a good podcast for the people who don't know the actual soft community they follow it and they support it that's great but people who don't know well it, it didn't help that every time we said something funny ben Altines would come in from the top ropes and like grab the boom mic and say inappropriate things <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no ben we can't say that on the radio yeah the, the good boulder colorado ale <laughs> it's tasty well, <clears throat> using that as a uh as a segue, um, Brent, you recently left the Marine Corps, and I did <coughs> willingly, but not forced. Right? Um, you know what I think we're seeing right now in this trip is probably a reflection of that. Is you know we're seeing kind of the next growth phase of softly. I don't know if I would say the next evolution, but um, you know as we kind of continue to expand our interests. And those are fueled by things that, you know, not only are we interested in doing, but we think our customers are interested in doing. And, you know, as you left the team community, you know, you've told us kind of how that's changing your kind of physical goals, uh, body composition, et cetera. And, you know, t talk a little bit more about, you know, like not only what's 
what's going on with you and like why your why your aim is shifting or what you know why the, the the goals are shifting you know but what does that mean for softlead as a company uh well i don't know if it changes anything for softlead as a company but so after getting out of the military which wasn't that long ago or really when i got back from my last deployment which again wasn't that long ago uh, my goals kind of shif- shifted and changed from um, being power oriented and power focused to and and kind of at the detriment of um, rehabbing some injuries. So I you know I tore an ankle and foot apart last Fourth of July. Never really heal- let it heal. Just went out on deployment. Um, was really focused on being able to perform on a team and not so much my own like personal health and longevity. So long story short, get back. Hey, I'm, I'm done with that. I'm getting ready to get out of the military. And so taking time off of uh, that foot, basically s- scrapping the running that I was doing, the sprints, um, some of the heavier weightlifting on the lower body and shifting gears, you know, not trying to stay at around 215, 220 pounds. It was 218 when I got back from deployment. Um, not trying to stick around there and, and losing some weight. Uh, just as a longevity thing, you know, I was never a, a huge giant guy before, but, um, 220 pounds, your body doesn't know if that's 250 pounds of muscle is the same as 250 pounds of fat on your knees. Right. Um, and so when you start look to, to look long, the guys that you see still moving and shaking in their sixties, seventies, even eighties are typically not, you know, giant bodybuilder or not that i was a bodybuilder they're not giant guys no they're ultra marathon yeah (laughs) and so what i what i wanted to do was was to continue to live a life where i was outside whether it was mountain biking rock climbing surfing um and be able to show up and perform for that stuff and while you know being 215 pounds helped me if i ever had to fight another human being um it didn't help me catch waves or ride a mountain bike better which is you know getting out of the military now maybe the exact opposite more right of, yeah it, it literally is the exact opposite like it's been sad getting older and realizing that like everything i wanted to be as a pipe hitter like physique wise is not benefiting me in my older years that like all the running we did that i hated when i was first coming in i'm like oh man i got to get back into that now yeah, well, your your body is going to shift and change, and then what you can do on it, the stress you can put on it, and the reality is, is what what are you getting ready for? What do you need to be be prepared for? If I'm no longer an operational guy, um, you know, I still want to be strong and powerful to the point of injury prevention and being able to do my job, but not necessarily uh, at the detriment of some other things. And and so personally, my goals were, you know, I want to ride my mountain bike longer, so start focusing on more endurance based stuff. But the big one is I wanted to rehab a lot of injuries that I had ignored basically for the last however many years that they've happened, let stuff heal rehab. So that put me on a path of as, as little impact as possible. So more swimming, cycling, um, I still lift weights, uh, a variation of kind of some new programs coming out. Um, but I'm not hitting, you know, the softly juggernaut program or the, some of the higher impact stuff just because it's not quite what I need and, and want right now for my own fitness goals, if that makes sense. And your venture goals. Yeah, and well, and so this is something Zach Carbo and I talked about. Is Zach, basically what he does for his workouts is he modifies uh, the stamina portions to be longer. So his, his shorter stamina sessions are like 45 minutes long, and some of them are two hours long. Um, he's not 
looking to be as strong as some of the other guys on the programs are. So he's cool with sacrificing those those strength gains and size gains for being able to, you know, walk up a mountain at a faster pace. Chris weighs the same way. Uh, talking about how he wants to reduce mass in his legs. Like, he wants to get stronger, but he wants to, like, reduce weight just because climbing for him, yep. having too much bulk in his lower body really reduces his ability to climb. Yeah. And not that I'm a huge guy, but, you know, I've been rock climbing because I have a rock climbing gym right next to the house now. Um, I'm a lot heavier than most of the rock climbers in there. You know, when I talk to my cyclist friends, I'm a lot heavier than your average guy who's really into mountain biking. Right. And, and so that's... I, I look at my, myself the same way. Like, yeah, it's, it's... You know, it's funny. Detrimental. It's the same way for... I've seen ultra marathoners out there on a 50-miler course who aren't your typical running physique, but they're out there crushing it. They oh, just, yeah, they just sure. know what their there's, body does, and that's what they there. want. Um, it just depends on your goals. So, you know, I'm kind of tapering off of the goals of, of power output being the end-all, be-all. But, again, the biggest one is taking time away from that stuff to let my body heal and then eventually get back to it. But, you know, I'm still squatting a couple days a week and um, hit, hitting the weights. I'm not totally off the weights and just riding a bike every day type deal. Um, so with, with that, you know, you, you alluded to what that means for Softleet, and I think you just mean with Softleet pushing more in, into the outdoor adventure yeah. world. You know, we've been – we've had a foot in there for a while, and, and so now it lets us look a little bit at product development. Well, because I think a lot of a lot of our customers are similar to you, especially guys in the special operations community. That are getting out. That are even – you know, either they're getting out or – Maybe even before they got in, you know, their interests were really in kind of adventure sports and right. and that type of area. And for us to support that seems like a pretty natural natural it, extension. It's a natural extension of the the company, but it's also beneficial for those guys, even while they're in, you know, that that other piece to um being a well-prepared combat athlete is your mental and you know, spiritual, whatever you want to call it, how happy are you, right? And um, are you living your life in a way that is beneficial or are you doing things that are more detrimental? You know, it's probably not the best, uh, lifestyle decision to be, you know, crushing beers at the bar Friday and Saturday night. A better lifestyle might be, don't forget the other five days of the week. Yeah. A better lifestyle decision would be, you know, doing something outside, especially if, it, if that supports your operational job, you know, if you're outside, Working in the mountains, living in, in that type of world or swimming, whatever it is that's going to benefit you at work and have some care crossover is always a good idea. You know, if Doug can attest, anybody who's been in like an operational environment is can attest to this, that the, the guys that had other experiences in life were hugely valuable downrange. Like the, you know, when you pop a tire off and you have no way to fix it, the guy that's been off-roading his whole life, you're like, you know, hey, Doug, come over here and teach us how we're going to get this fucking tire back on. I just need a can of hairspray. Dude, like legitimately, <laughs> when you're doing, doing trans-Sahel operations in a technical vehicle like an FJ60 or something, and, and you're doing it with like 30 FJ60s, the ability to conduct operations is not really measured on anything other than mobility. So it's funny, like when you start to go out there and like you can really quantify how successful your mission set is by how many kilometers you travel in a day. And you can tell how many kilometers you're going to travel a day based on how often your guys get stuck. 
Yep. You know what I mean? 100%. It's like it's ridiculous. It's the same way that the best guys. I mean, I've had junior Charlies that were that were MDs, like guys that were engineers on my team, were emergency room doctors in the real world, and they just like they wanted to do SF stuff and they wanted to blow things up. And you're like, hey, uh, Doc, can you come do this medical thing for? And he's like, I'm not an 18 Delta. I'm not a medic. Go talk to your Delta. And you're like, <laughs> you're 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 a, you're an ER doc. I'm gonna need some, like, and he's like, <laughs> I need you. Yeah, stat. I, have, I have no opinion. Like, uh, I'm gonna just let you go and talk to the expert. And you're like, God, I hate you. I also fuck love you, you, you fuck face. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, like, good for him. You know, I mean, he has he has a lot of really good information. And if the deltas, I would kick that dude right the fuck out of my team. Dude. <laughs> <laughs> if I went over to my buddy that was like a professional fucking NASCAR pit crew dude, knew everything about like changing tires, and he's like, Nah, man. I ain't the Motor T guy. Like, <laughs> All right. Well, you're not the team guy either now. I'm pretty sure that if Ben had been approached by the Deltas about a medical issue, he would have been more than helpful. But it was just hilarious because he would be like, he knew that if we treated him like the Delta, that he'd get all the business. Well, he would become. Yeah, he'd become the Delta. The Delta and yeah. he was not the Delta. He was the Charlie. So, like, you know, he was and he was awesome. Really, really great. Uh, I mean, Why the fuck would he be a Charlie he didn't when want he's to, a Because he, he already went through medical school, Yeah, he already school, went man. through med school. He's Why like, would uh-huh. he go back to the Delta course? Yeah, I guess. Actually, I th- I'm pretty sure I Ben took a... Med- I'm pretty sure he took a commission with the medical corps later. So, like, wow. he, he got afterwards... I think he may have wised up and been like, you know, maybe a major's retirement or a colonel's retirement is better than an E7 and right. an SF. <laughs> I remember there was a guy when I went in uh, Fort Benning infantry school we had a guy come in and after they went over his records they're like oh you have a degree oh you're an attorney you've passed the board like what the fuck are you doing here let's go talk to jag two two assistant da's man from from atlanta are in my uh in my group right now we went through the q course together well what i was getting at was (laughs) yeah if you're doing things in your day-to-day, your, your off time, right, that support your job, there's a huge benefit there. And it's, Absolutely. Sometimes it's intangible, but... Um, Heesky's an excellent example of, like, uh, Brian, his, he's an echo, he's a combo guy, right? But yeah. Brian is, like, the ultimate echo because the one thing that everybody asks... He can set up a mean VTC. And that's the thing, right? Is like, you, everybody, echoes learn about radios, in the echo school and they also learn about you know networking a little bit and stuff like that but the real strength i mean the things they have to do when they get down range like yeah they have to talk on a radio but like 75 percent of their workload is networking fixing internet making sure that a satellite link up is gonna actually be you know working providing porn yes and also <laughs> providing porn uh, there's a porn network <laughs> well the porn is hugely beneficial and necessary but, for team morale but brian like literally is like the reason that i wanted us to hire brian as softly was because i've seen brian go into places where he doesn't know what he's doing <laughs> you know he's like hey man but brian's not the guy to fake the funk brian will like retreat into a dark room for 36 hours and read everything on the internet about this subject consult with technical experts and then come back with like really good information that solves when the does he start doing that <laughs> he's right. how do you think he knows about filmmaking now <laughs> self-taught filmmaker he's he got on reddit and was like hey uh what books do i need to read about Dude, building the computer yeah he's like nah i don't want your top end mac for my video processing let me send you this email with like 36 parts so i can 
cobble together my own like power machine in the corner. It's also convenient that Brian, before he ever came to work at Softleet, was he worked at an audio company that installed stereo systems and did stuff so he knows how to work a soundboard and set up a podcast. In reality, Brian really just stole car stereos <laughs> out of parking lots and sold them. Came really good at it. You'll fit right in with the Softly crew. And he's a concerto pianist. And we have not figured out how that actually fits in with what we're doing yet. Is Let's that true? Yes. No way. He is actually a concerto pianist. We need to find a like bar here. We need here to go to a piano. bar tonight with a piano. Brian will yes. knock your, like your songs style. off. He Doug, will, say, will you sing while Brian plays? <laughs> what am I going to have to sing? We're going to hear some like Jerry Lee Lewis, Great Balls of Fire. Balls. <laughs> it's going to be like yes. uh, the Top Gun scene. <clears throat> Brian's just mashing on the piano, tearing it up. Brian Ooh, is but we get to pick the girl, you get wife. to tap the shoulder. Oh, no, I'm not going to be doing any of that. My <laughs> wife may listen to this podcast. I will not be within 50 feet of any females. Or bars. Yes, or, or, or bars. bars. <laughs> oh, man. But theoretically, we could. Yes, theoretically. Dude, we could have used Brian on the last deployment with Chris VB and myself. We had no echoes, no calm guys whatsoever. So we never had calm, like, at all. It was brilliant. Except our Delta our was trying phones. to our learn. cell phones always had a signal well, yeah, the cell phone always worked. But Tanya uh, really can't call in a, a grid. <laughs> yeah. We totally didn't use our cell phones. Totally for, never. Yeah, no. <laughs> I'm convinced um, there's some level of conspiracy to keep cell phone, <laughs> like, quality down in the United States. You go anywhere else in the world, and it's like three fucking bars almost everywhere, right? Bro, I have and a 98 <clears throat> like Nokia, not even like pre-flip phone piece of shit. The battery lasts made. like two fucking weeks, <laughs> and I always had service in Africa. Like, I, We did a trip where me and a couple dudes drove off into bumfuck, and I literally, we were going to go for a week. I don't think I charged the phone a single time, and I never was outside of like cell phone reception. It was yeah, amazing. Man. I mean probably a decade ago like in london get on the heathrow express you're underground for like 10 minutes not only do they have these like video billboards that move at the same speed as the train like changing the image so you look out the window and you're like staring at a fucking ad you have five bars of service like underground the whole way and yeah it was like what kind of like future sci-fi fucking movie am i living in Turns yep. out it's just Europe where everyone has good cell phone service. Europe's actually in 2020 right now. Right in their head. They have diesel automobiles, <laughs> cell phone reception. Man, they're not doing Afga- well with diesel Afghanistan. automobiles. <laughs> Afghanistan's not doing too bad either. I mean, we had cell signal with Roshan like yeah. everywhere. Bing, bing. Great cell reception in Afghanistan. Hey, we're in a two. I wonder why. Down. <laughs> the Iranian government doesn't have any vested interest no. in, um, in maintaining a really excellent cell system that's used by all U.S. military yeah. personnel. These <laughs> these people don't have running water, but they have LTE. Hey, bro. Hey, T-Mobile's worldwide, man. Those people need porn more than anybody. It's got to change that's the name. Fair, actually. Oh, man. Why wow. do you think T-Mobile, you had a really good international free service in Afghanistan? If you had T-Mobile. Really? T-Mobile yeah. was in Afghanistan? Yeah, if you had on their international plan, everybody else was getting data texting wow rather than hooking up to the internet and i don't think i brought a cell phone to afghanistan like a stateside one only i did anyway how else are you gonna pick up a lot of phone calls yeah yeah. i mean we had sat phones but not 
cell phones. They still had a list of like interpreters' cell phones. Every time I'd go back in the country, I'm like, hey, deliver some pizza and beers to the front gate. Okay, man. Bring me pizza, beer, and a new phone. <laughs> in Afghanistan. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, sounds good, bro. Uh, all right, anyway, back on topic. Yeah, man. So, <clears throat> I mean, what are you doing to kind of push forward with the mountain biking stuff as far as, you know, one, being conscious of your foot, you know, but two, kind of getting out there and, you know, especially with having access more, you know, to kind of like more rugged terrain. Yeah, so sure. people listening, I moved to Phoenix uh, after I got out, which is pretty awesome. There's like world-class mountain biking out the back door. Um, the biggest one is, and we've preached it from day one, is just listening to your body. You know, if my foot hurts that day, I'm probably going to go swimming or do something that's not going to have any impact on my foot, rock climb, whatever it is. Um, if it feels good, then I can, you know, do some squats, whatever. Um but as far as pushing forward on the mountain biking stuff, you know, summer's pretty dead for races and things like that. I'll probably do a couple short races this year, um, fun races, and then maybe one or two long rides, like 100 or 200-mile rides, camping off the bike type of thing. Yeah, you have anything picked out as a goal? No. So I want to do – there's the Arizona Trail, which goes from uh, Mexico to Canada, and I want to start knocking out big chunks of that, both on a, a bicycle and then hopefully off-roading, um, either on a dirt bike or – you know the jeep just start chipping away at it at some point i think i'd like to do the whole thing but that'll probably be off-roading and not on a pedal bike yeah man that looked like a uh i don't know if it's the same trail but is that the trail that the unbranded guys used yeah i think it's the same one so you you have to jump on i think a couple (coughs) roads here and there but largely you can be off-roading from mexico to canada yeah you know it goes up uh arizona through utah I think Idaho and then Canada, if that makes sense. Um, it might dip back over into Montana, but I don't think it does. Um, but, yeah, so so a couple long races, assuming that nothing happens as far as injuries go, uh, like impact injuries, crash a bike and, you know, break something. Yeah. Um, you need a pacer for that, right? I, yeah, probably drag Ben down to I know a guy. ride and take pictures. So ride and take pictures. Ride at the same time. At the same time. One hand on the camera, one hand on the bars. Cruising along. Uh, ben is a master of the not looking over his shoulder <laughs> filming of of the selfie running pro. and biking. Yeah. Well, anyway, so those opportunities give us a good way to test new products that we might be doing for Softly, whether that's shorts, nutritional products. Who knows what we've got in the pipe? You know, if you're doing three, four days of uh, pretty intense cardio, for lack of a better term, like riding a bike for a few hundred miles. It's a good way to test out your product and um, yeah. push it forward, so to That's speak. True. I know we were testing some new products out here this weekend. Some people liked them. Some people didn't. I know you hated a certain taste. Dude, so how we gotta do rework you not it. like cucumber? Anything I don't know, man. cucumber, Aaron, <clears throat> After all the places disgusting. we've been eating, I, I actually like think cucumber. it's a fucking allergy, and my wife yells at me all the time when I say that shit. But it's not an allergy, Aaron. She's like, it's not an allergy. If it was an allergy, you would have some kind of like hives or like rash or whatever. I just, it's not. You I mean, just gag on cucumbers. You know, yeah, it's like food that. I legitimately. I legitimately <laughs> I'm not going to answer yes to that question in this pocket. <laughs> I legitimately have an allergy to mangoes, legitimately, and I eat the shit out of mangoes. And every yeah, but time. Yeah, you probably like the way they oh, taste. They're delicious. All right. And every time I eat them, though, I break into hives, and my wife is constantly judging me. She's like, What are you doing? Why are you eating that mango? I'm like, Because it's so good. 
Well, Aaron probably has. Like, people have um, a genetic sensitivity to cilantro. I have that too. Yeah, so there's probably one fucking piece of cilantro. That's why we have. Are you serious? Entire dish. Yeah, man, it's overpowering. And like, so what's cucumber taste like? I can't fucking swallow it, man. (laughs) Like cucumber water. Hate. Like we go to like a a restaurant. I get a cucumber water without looking at it and fucking swig that shit down. It's just like. This is actually it's, kind of interesting. Physically, <laughs> we found repulsive. the one thing that really gets to Aaron: it's yeah, cucumbers. Cucumbers, it's like man. Those cucumbers cat and, videos. And you throw a cucumber down and pickles it jumps by everywhere. Extension. Yeah, but it's like cu- pickled cucumbers. Other pickled vegetables are totally fine. That's a deep hatred of cucumbers when even pickles are thrown out. Do you even like, do you like zucchini? Yeah, I like zucchini, eggplant. You know, I mean, all the other squash. Yeah. What about other dick-shaped foods? Hot dogs, cool. <laughs> right. Love hot dogs. I mean, cased meats definitely in my mouth all the time. <laughs> <laughs> We're, uh, you know, cased and uncased, cream-filled tube steak. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Good lord, that escalated quickly. <laughs> right. Where's um, Where's the beef? <laughs> Brian just went, Daddy. <laughs> Dude, no, Ross. Ross made this. <laughs> Ross Ouch. made this roast at the butcher shop that was a, uh, I don't know, some kind of flank, like, wrapped in bone marrow. Sounds awesome, right? And he's like, all right, man, you're to like, cook this thing real slow. Like, the bone marrow is going to, like, you want to hit it right to that point where it doesn't liquefy, but it's, like, super squishy. Meat butter. Yeah, and then you're going yes. to cut this fucking log into, like, coins, basically, Golden right? deliciousness. And, man, like, take this thing out of the oven. Like, the bone marrow is just, like, kind of oozing out the end. And I was like, man, this thing looks so fucking vulgar. <laughs> but I'm about to put it in my mouth, and I know it's going to be delicious. Sometimes you just got to do That's it, That's the man. dilemma Doug has. Every time we're about to get a new uh, company to work with softly, he's like, man, this looks pretty vulgar, but I'm going to put it in my mouth and it's going to be delicious. <laughs> you guys ever wonder how we get such quality partners at softly? It's because I have a very delicate mouth. <laughs> Knee pads and chapstick. <laughs> I would say we'd edit that out, but we know it's going to get in there. Yeah, it's, and, and this is clearly like we know that if a company doesn't – if company's not interested in the skills I provide – they probably aren't interested in partnering with us either. <laughs> That's fair. <laughs> we don't want to be with you. You have an allergy. Yeah, I have no. an. A- I don't have an allergy. You're generally the ambassador, I think, to the, <laughs> to the like the cold ambassador to the company. Yeah, yeah. Although we did have that one uh, that one girl that worked across the hall from our old office. Oh my god, she loved Brent so hard. Man, we we worked out of that office for like two months. That girl never said anything. I'm a very to us. nice person, man. I went over and talked to all the guys that worked there, yeah. and like I borrowed sharpies because Aaron could never remember to bring uh, dry erase markers, so I'd go over there all the time. This girl, essentially, I assumed like I don't. Not everything in my life is based on attraction, so I just was like, well, she's just a quiet person who's not interested in people. So when I go in there and I'm pleasant, and everybody's talking to me, and she ignores me, it's not a function of like something. her finding you repulsive. Yeah, she doesn't find me repulsive, right? <laughs> I, whatever, and. Brent shows up for one thing, walks down the hall, and she like pokes her head out. She's like, "Hey, do you work here? <laughs> like, what do you do here?" And I'm like, "It's like the light came on." Jesus, <laughs> this is really she's a really shallow woman. <laughs> I've been over there making friends, and I no don't interest. remember that happening at all. Um, I don't you think I've ever away, talked apparently. to any woman other than my wife in the last ten years. <laughs> right? So, well, I'm not yeah. saying you talked to her. I'm saying that she hollered at a shoddy. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, be hey. <laughs> <laughs> Man, we were talking to these guys about renting a warehouse space, 
and uh, in the office that's actually now next to us. And <laughs> the guy, is this about how I met these guys? The guy was like, "Yeah, he's like, it's kind of in a sketchy part of town." Doug was like, "Sweet, I'm finally gonna get a Conus kill." <laughs> and they were like, "Uh, what's that?" He's like, "Well." He's like, every combat guy wants to kill someone in the United States, but usually doesn't have the chance to. I think like, we're going to have to edit this out. <laughs> no, I mean, I think it's fair to say that we're all looking for Conus kills. <laughs> I wouldn't say I'm, you're looking Le- legal for it. Conus I'm not going to turn what one down. What if a dude smokes but we in the States, think you're like, about man, it. that's going to be a hard motherfucker. Like, you're looking at jail time. Uh, unless you're talking about... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, who, do, who do we know who smoked multiple people Conus? Well, I don't think we should say their name. <laughs> well, my point, right? No, I'm, we're getting off topic. My point was that of, the... the I, I, Aaron also was like convinced that I was going out of my way to try to alienate all people that could be working with Softly when I first came on because I would just be really candid with people. Like the guy who, the guy whose office is next to ours, they make an amazing Are, kids couch yeah, it's, it's like se- a modular it's a sex couch. Yeah, it looks like so. Like we're sitting there talking with them. I'm sitting on one of the couches. I'm like, "Where'd you guys come up with this design, man?" Because honestly, it reminds me of the Liberator. Well, he went to high school with yes. the guy that he goes. He goes. He's like, <clears throat> I was like, I thought I was going to offend him, and Aaron looked at me like super, like, "Don't bring up the Liberator he's thing." Like, God damn it! <laughs> and the guy, the guy looks at me. He's like, "Oh yeah, man. I actually went to high school with the son of the guy who designed the Liberator." And I was like, Let's so like, just there's make no, it bigger into no a couch infringement on, or is it just totally cool because you market a sex couch to kids? <laughs> <laughs> and Aaron died laughing. I was like, they're awesome couches, but I mean, seriously, like they make them in wedges, just like the Liberators. No, it's a sex couch. They, when I walked in, I was like, um, they sell those to kids. What, is, <laughs> what the fuck are these kids doing? Yeah, yeah, everyone universally thought. Apparently, we're all equally broken. It wasn't a right. super sketchy <laughs> warehouse, though. We actually yeah. fil- filmed a bum fight underneath it. It used to be tobacco warehouses. Yeah. And they, so they yeah. can't use it. So now for... they're selling tobacco-covered couches, yeah. sex couches. <laughs> well, they kids. can't use it for anything that would involve, <laughs> that has to be, that has that meat, Marlboro like, FDA standards. out pretty quick. Because the tobacco residue in the barn. So, like, those well, warehouses. I think they can only use it for storage, too, right? Yeah, it's, yeah. Technically, it's a gray site. Yeah. Like EPA grayside, yeah, because of all so. the tobacco that went, like all the chemicals that went into curing the tobacco that like was stored there. They should link up with some medical marijuana companies, and then they could just lease it to those guys. Right, true. I'm surprised tobacco hasn't gotten into that big tobacco. Man, we'll see whether that. I feel like North Carolina is going to be one of the later states to go. Oh, uh, I guarantee you, Utah you know, will be the medical last. and yeah, yeah, probably. I'm just curious. Dude, that's a huge warehouse facility that's yeah, like man. totally fucking useless at this point. I think that thing's going to end up getting bought by a developer whose uh, Durham expansion kind of yeah, creeps Yeah, just knock east. it down and build some houses. And Man, it's going to be like one of those, you know, like stores and condos. And, I mean, yeah. that's a pretty giant, giant piece of property. So yeah. A lot more of those properties <laughs> popping up. You have apartments up above and restaurants and everything you need No, right these below. are like shitty like, row warehouses. They're going to have to tear the warehouses. Yeah, they're they're going to have to totally tear it down. It's not like going to be a old factory that they rehab into an apartment type deal. Yeah. Well, we'll see what happens with it. But I think that's definitely, I don't know, the way of the future. People seem to want to be, you know, able to like walk and bike places more and, you know, live live where they work and shop and all that kind of stuff. So yeah, it's really nice till Google like, shows up and 
real estate. <laughs> so in case anybody right. doesn't know this, real estate in Boulder, Colorado has gone through the roof. The neighborhood that we're in is like a normal neighborhood and the cheapest house for sales, 850 that I found on realtor.com. Yeah. But it's super cool because you live in town. You can ride your bike to the mountains. Boulder's You rad. can definitely see why. Yeah, oh, yeah. It's definitely it. a huge appeal of being right here. You just got to have the financial means to do it, I guess, if you want to. You got to pay to play. It's a really choice, right. choice ride. <laughs> choice ride. <laughs> if you get a chance. Or if you have the I means, highly recommend, you, I highly pick recommend you pick one up. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Well, <clears throat> we'll be doing more uh, more tonight. We're meeting up. Where, where are we going? We're going to the Lazy Dog. Lazy yeah. Dog is a cafe? Uh, it's a... They have, like, it, a rooftop bar and shit. Say it's a cafe for the purpose of if my wife is listening. To it's a rooftop yeah. cafe. <laughs> Men only. By the time people it's listen to this, we'll have been long gone. We'll be but, there uh, and gone. Yep. Hopefully, we'll be meeting up with some people there. and Hopefully, I won't still be enjoying the fine hospitality of the Boulder Police Department. Right. How <laughs> <laughs> would make this trip if you got arrested. So, what's going to be the next adventure? What's going to be the next Softly Team meetup? I don't think we've picked a spot, have we? Doug won't be there, so the best part we don't know yet that's gonna be family complications may indicate that i stay home at which point it's definitely gonna be in iceland i feel like we should i was just about to say iceland you you guys need a photographer it's cheap to fly there (laughs) oh look brian doesn't agree brian's saying no to iceland brian says no why why not i mean there's a lot of cool stuff to do for like two days that's all we want to do it's a three-day trip everything requires a lot of driving to get to. So what? Like, so everything's super concentrated, but you're like, oh, we want to go see this like ultra legit geyser thing. That's a four hour drive away, so eight hours round trip. So Podcast the in the car, like, man. Maybe camp there. <clears throat> you wouldn't. Everything. So the one thing you will see is all you four by four weirdos. All right, fine. See, 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 like all these super jacked up like monster truck Bigfoot Earth roamers. Brian, I saw, I saw Brian's a, a not, van not selling this. I saw, a, <laughs> I saw a Van Hool bus that was on a lift kit like with monster truck sized tires that, wow. was, that was driving people around on the glacier. But all right, maybe it's cool. It's like a six-hour flight from yep. New York. In trying to sell us on not going to Iceland, Brian was like, here are all the reasons you <laughs> yeah, want to I mean, go to if Iceland. If you go to Iceland, <laughs> you're going to have to rent yeah. these awesome trucks and drive off-road. Well, we've got a few smaller adventures coming up, right? Tons yeah. of hunting trips. We've got like six or seven independent hunting trips coming up. Are we currently shopping for a late 70s Camaro? We are not shopping for a late You're a liar. I know you are. You're going to just dump it on me one day. Like, Doug, here's the keys to your car. you got to drive to Alaska. Like, But it's cold out. Whoa. Challenge accepted. Dude, you'll, wow. Good luck, you'll never hear. You'll hear no whinging from me, my friend. <laughs> no whinging at all. I like that. Cannon, <laughs> cannonball run softly Doug dying style. dying in a late 70s Camaro somewhere in the Canadian I feel like snow drifts. Maybe the only picture that could be better than Doug Omar would, <laughs> would be Doug Hound. Um, I that if, there'll be no if, whinging. If Tom Bomber is listening to this, <laughs> I'd like to request a Doug Hound picture. Sadly, I'm the, the Hound is a large man, and I am not that. <laughs> and I am I am but a wee fellow. Doug Littlefinger. <laughs> God damn it! <laughs> you got I, the you got the gray. I hate to I hate to wrap this up early, but uh, we have to go climbing. Thanks for joining us for another episode of the Softly Die Living Podcast. Tune in next uh, next week for more adventures from the crew and uh, on Thursday for some knowledge from George.